What's happening financial coaches? It's Pete here and I want to talk to you today about getting speaking gigs at conferences, seminars, you know, those types of things, mostly conferences. And there's kind of a process to it. And I want to kind of give you some of my suggestions because I think people sometimes overestimate themselves. So what, why this comes up is that a lot of financial coaches are looking for marketing ideas. What I would say is that I think you should just generally kind of be more on the ground, you know, trying to find people, you know, connecting directly with people. Uh, that is going to be the shortest way to sign a person up. But I certainly don't mind increasing your visibility. And for me, you know, speaking has been a large part of continuing to speak, you know, so when I did some of the original presentations and, and workshops and seminars, those types of things, um, they kind of led to other things. And that led to, you know, being hired to do things and uh, being asked to come back. And, you know, it's been great. And I got a lot of great feedback over it. Um, so I, I will give you some of my thoughts on how this is done these days, if you want to do it. And then some of my warnings and a, a little bit about it. I've got alerts going off here. Sorry. Um, and some of my warnings are uh, to be really just self-aware of where your skills are at. All right. So let, let me get into, I don't want to bury the lead here. Let me tell you how you can get speaking gigs at conferences. So there are a number of financial conferences. And what I would do here is that, um, I would Google them, you know, financial conferences, money conferences, mastering money conferences, whatever it might be, you know, um, and a financial educators, financial practitioner, financial advisor conference, whatever, you know, you're going to have to probably Google a bunch of them. There are going to be a lot of different ones. Some are going to be virtual. Some are going to be in person. Some will be international, right? Some of many of them will be domestic. Uh, some of them will just be organizations that do something, you know, like um, Best Prep Minnesota has, you know, some things that they do in Minnesota and they hire Minnesotans to come and speak. And, you know, there's some in Denver and, you know, whatever it might be. Right. So you're going to find a lot of these conferences. And I would say that there are going to be some big ones, you know, uh, uh, not FinTech, but uh, FinCon, you know, and some of these other ones that you probably have heard of. Um, but there are going to be a lot of niche ones, especially if you have certifications and things. A lot of those uh, certifying bodies will have their own annual conference where they will bring in speakers who are part of their, their, their group and their network. And I would just start making a running list and I would start putting what the dates are. Now, most of these will have a place where one, either on their website, you can apply to be a speaker or two, you can sign up to get their newsletter. And at some point when they are looking for speakers for next year conference, they will send that out and say, hey, here's an application or here's a link to it. Because sometimes they won't put that on their website because they don't want a lot of spammy type of stuff coming through kind of self-promoting stuff coming through so sometimes you'll just have to be on their email list but when you get that and they say hey you're applied to our speaker they will usually put in some criteria hey here's what our topics are about here's what our um uh, our side paths are about whatever it might be so they might say it's about financial education this year they might say you know and a lot of it sometimes depends on kind of the the macro environment so you know during covid it could have been you know staying connected with your workplace while you're working remote you know and these these types of things or um uh, how financial health uh affects mental health and you know it, it just really depends some of these will be uh kind of determined a year in advance, so they might not be as timely, but but the, generally they're trying to keep all the speakers within the same arena, if that makes sense. And you have to decide, hey, do I have a presentation? Can I add value to these uh, seminars by you know being a speaker? Um, and so if you're like, yeah, for sure. So for me, one of the things that got me going was I did a presentation on side hustles, not just, hey, here's the value of side hustles, but it was kind of like, here's the monetary value of side hustles, which is actually one of the small things. Here's the mental advantage of side hustles. Here's what it does to open up yourself to new opportunities, career, you know, all of these other things, right? Financial freedom, retirement, blah, 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 blah. 
And so it was kind of an interesting take. And then not only just like selling, you know, kind of selling the side hustle, but how do you go ahead and, you know, find the right side hustle? How do you determine like what your personality type is or what your work ethic is like, you know, to, to figure out what are the right types of side hustles, business ownership, time for money, those types of things, right? So it was very tactical. And that was really one that I started doing very locally. In fact, my very first presentation with that was at a place called The Clubhouse. It's a virtual office, you know, um, kind of virtual shared office space. And it's just local here in the village. It's not part of a chain or anything like that. It's a sole proprietor. I got to meet him and he was just talking about, hey, I've got a lot of small entrepreneurs here that are looking for other income. And hey, I would love it. You know, you can have the building, not, not a big building, um, but we packed the house. You know, we, we advertised it and we packed the house and I did that and I did the hour long presentation and I was there for about three hours afterwards, you know, uh, having conversation. I said, you know, if anyone wants to stick around, um, you know, feel free to ask questions. And what, what ended up happening from that presentation was, you know, I ordered in lunch too. It was kind of in the mid morning and by the, the, the afternoon where everyone's getting hungry. So I ordered lunch, you know, and just kind of uh, continued that conversation. And from what, from that presentation, I actually revised it heavily because what I found is that you get a lot of the same questions, you know, from people. And so when you get a lot of the same questions, when, when the group has the same exact question, it should probably just be in the presentation. So what I loved about it was I was just kind of try, trying to test run this, make sure that, you know, it worked, just seeing kind of, you know, hey, are these talking points, does flow work right? You know, do people see me as uh, an authority in this? And I went and I really revamped it. I wouldn't say it's like flipped to 180, but it really helped me kind of figure out this part wasn't necessary. This part was really necessary. I also found out that, you know, it should, there should be some specifics, you know, where did my income go right during this period of time? What was the growth like? How, how much time was I putting into stuff? People want to know these specifics. They don't want to just be like, listen, you know, get yourself into a money mindset and money will come, right? I mean, everyone's heard that, but they want to know, all right, how, how much time were you uh, you know, all right, uh, you were putting in five hours a week and you were bringing in $500 a week, right? Okay. So now I can start, you know, uh, marrying up like, what is this worth it? You know, was it worth it? You know, do, do you have authority on this type of thing? And from there, then I kind of formalized a presentation and then I started, um, soliciting that around, you know, submitting that, you know, with the description, a lot of people don't want to see the, the presentation. So don't think you have to have the presentation, but what they want is a very clear, either usually outline and abstract. So they want what they would put on their agenda, you know, uh, Peter Waitzman, a side hustle expert, personal finance expert, published, blah, 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 um, is going to talk to, um, to you about, you know, what are side hustles and how can you find the perfect side hustle for you? Whatever it might be, you know, those really short blurbs. And then they want to see your outline. What are your basic talking points? And this is only going to be, not everyone requires these, um, but maybe uh, kind of like a, a 10 bullet point outline, right? They just want to kind of see what the flow is, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And then they will get all these applications and then they will pick who they want to come speak. Now, once they pick that, there are really two types of slots that they will give you, one of two types. You will either be a plenary speaker, which means that in the general session, so many conferences will have everyone come together, you know, this is start in the morning, it's like the kickoff, right, at eight o'clock, um, you know, housekeeping, you know, here's where you register, here are your drink tickets, all that kind of stuff. And then at nine o'clock, they usually start kicking off the plenary speakers. And what ends up happening at a lot of conferences is like there's a nine o'clock speaker, a 10 o'clock speaker, and then at 11, you break 
for breakout sessions. Now they can call these all sorts of things like they call, you know, different threads and all this other stuff. But usually then you'll have maybe four or five sessions available at 11 to 11.30. Sometimes these are shorter. So maybe it's 11 to 11.45, 11.45 to uh, 12.30 or whatever it is, right? Um, and you just kind of voluntarily opt in for any of those like okay this one and what ends up happening is those tend to usually be very specific you know how do you you produce financial education for uh grade schoolers right or whatever it is so not everyone is going to find that as helpful as other people and so you kind of voluntarily go to that so what you don't know necessarily is if you apply if you're going to be a plenary speaker you're going to be in kind of the main group the group that speaks to everyone or if you're going to be in one of these breakout sessions i would say that i never really worried about that too much now i would say that i've also never done the breakout sessions yet um, i'm certainly happy to but um, i've always been fortunate enough to be the plenary speaker now this can be the opposite of what you want to be really honest if you are a plenary speaker you're probably talking to you know 200 250 maybe it's a small conference 100 125 people you know up to you know 12 1500 people too right so um, if that's not your bag and just understand you're probably going to get up on stage, there's going to be a little mic check. There might be a podium, you know, you're going to have the big screen behind you. You're, you'll, they will probably have a couple monitors showing what is going on in front of you, you know, kind of usually down low. Um, there's going to be people sitting at tables, you know, this can be pretty intimidating for people. And if you are not comfortable, if you don't have high energy, if you are not, um, well-practiced and well-versed on your script or your presentation, and it's going to stumble, this is going to reflect very badly. This, these things are usually very binary. Um, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what I've heard, but as a presenter, I have been sitting at tables a lot of times with people who do not know I'm a presenter yet. And so I have heard some very, very harsh things from people. People sitting at the table um, in very explicit terms about you know some of the, the the speakers that had good topics and were bad presenters had bad topics were good presenters had bad topics and were bad presenters I have seen it all I have seen people go up and do their presentation as a rap I mean um, I have seen people go up and do their presentation in costumes you know some of these things you know are probably kitschy and fun for some people but I would say that in general most people that are coming to conferences want good actionable tactical information <laughs> you know they don't want kind of the gimmicks of presentations right the things that you think people like they want to be wowed they they want to come out of there saying wow mind blown right you don't have to necessarily you know discover um quarks or something like that i'm just trying to come up with some sort of amazing scientific unknown but here but what they want to do is they want to be stretched they they don't want to come in and say like yes yes uh, uh budgeting is a really key part of financial uh, for personal finance because they already know that right so what are you adding how are you going to wow them i, I talk about how to uh, build a wow presentation all right so if you do that then you probably will get the plenary speaker if you are worried about it your your, your presentation style isn't great your presentation may not be that strong whatever it might be you are probably far better off being in the breakout session with a little bit smaller group that might give you good feedback you know good i mean helpful feedback on um, the surveys so that you can continue to refine it right i would say the number one problem i see with people is that i give them this advice they go out they apply to these things with a presentation that they think that they can build they don't have it yet they haven't practiced it they haven't test audience did or anything like that they get an invitation to become a plenary speaker or breakout session then they start building the presentation because they didn't want to pre-build it and it's not as good as they think they're not as good as they think it doesn't have the wow factor it's not expanding people's thinking and they are shocked that they keep applying to other 
um, seminars and do not get picked up because the world of the seminar organizers is actually pretty small. A lot of the organizers to these go to uh, conferences, you know, to everyone else's conferences, right? This is where they're, they're a participant and they're like, I really like that speaker, I like that speaker. And this is what I didn't know because when I gave that first presentation at that first conference, I spoke at probably five more conferences that year doing the exact same presentation because there were people that ran other conferences attending the other conference, right? So if it's not good, and like I said, if it's it's very binary, usually people say that was a good presentation or that wasn't a good presentation. You know, it's not like they're like, oh my word, that was the best presentation I've ever seen. Uh, just give me a moment to collect myself. I got to go on the hall and just like calm down because it was so great. You know, it's 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 not really like it, even if there are really great presentations. Um, but what I'm saying is that if they don't think it's good. They are probably just writing it off. They don't remember what it was about. It didn't really stick with them. It, you know, it's too elementary, whatever it might be. Now, I'm not saying an elementary topic can't be interesting. And sometimes people are looking for very elementary topics because, you know, the audience that's going to be there is maybe new or whatever. But if it's not good, you have probably closed yourself off to five or six conferences in that moment. Okay. I'm just warning you about this because I have seen it happen. Um, you know, like I said, um, I know this guy who was at this conference. I actually saw him at another conference and uh, he doesn't do conferences anymore because right? he can't get booked because there are videos out of it um, of him and kind of snippets of his presentation. And it's just it's just it, 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 it struggles. It struggles and um, it can probably be redone. But, you know, it's probably the harm is already done. Right. And so one, you've got to have a topic that fits the theme of the conference Two. You should have it written, prepped, make sure your authority, make sure you can deliver it. I would go, if you do get hired for this, I mean, I would set up something in your community, virtually, whatever it is, do a Zoom presentation, invite people, um, you know, uh, ask people a favor to come and just be like, listen, I want everyone to kind of do an anonymous monkey survey, monkey, is that what they call them? Chimp. <laughs> whatever um uh whatever it's like free sur survey service you can have get everyone's feedback um i would use it anonymously i would make it anonymous so that they can give you honest feedback and listen and i would tell them and at the end pitch it be like listen um i'm supposed to go and roadshow this and so it doesn't help me if it's not good so please let me know whether it was my pace my tone i had too many ahs and ums uh it just wasn't interesting enough, whatever it might be, you know, take that feedback, rework it. I would not be surprised that you would go through four or five iterations of this. I mean, I certainly do on my presentations, you know, just continue to go through it and saying that slide just doesn't deliver, you know, and, and get rid of it. Um, everyone's going to have their own different styles. Mine is not memorizing it. Mine is having kind of my main thoughts on a slide and just kind of speaking to them. So everyone's going to, you know, some people are really good at memorizing word for word. I've got a friend, Eric, he literally memorizes every word the cadence the pronunciation the spacing the time in between and he will give if you watch his presentations there will be no variation i mean and i can't it kind of blows my mind it's kind of like actors that memorize a two-hour-long play and just deliver it day after day I, I just can't imagine doing that so um one isn't better than the other it's just you know what is your style all right so once you get these, um, and I would say like, you know, those breakouts can be nice because it can kind of help you cut your teeth, get a reputation. If the feedback is good, then honestly, if you apply next year to that same workshop, because the presentation was so good that, um, 
they actually might move you up to a plenary speaker. So uh, I know that a lot of people want to be on the big stage, want to give the keynote, the lunch address or whatever. That may not actually be beneficial to you, especially starting out. All right. So you can apply to those. Um, don't be surprised if you never hear anything back. A, a lot of these conferences, especially the bigger they are, get a lot of people. And, um, you know, uh, you might not even get a rejection letter. Um, it might go to your spam too, but you might not get a rejection letter. Uh, they, they, you, you might not find out that you're not on the speaking list until you see the schedule come out for the conference and you're like, Oh, I guess I'm not on there, you know? So, uh, that has uh, certainly happened too. Um, also I would make sure that, you know, people know how to find you because if you do a good job, like I said, you may be speaking at a fairly large conference and then someone from there wants you to speak at their smaller conference. That absolutely happens too. You know, a lot of people are attending these and, you know, they've got to go back and, you know, set up a, a local type of conference. Um, in the virtual world, what I would say that what I'm finding is that there are still a lot of virtual conferences. I think, you know, whether it's people being reluctant to go places or companies not reimbursing or, or uh, creating the funds to go to on site, you know, there are still a lot of virtual conferences. Personally, I don't like the virtual conferences. I like being there with people, kind of reading the room a little bit. I like cracking some jokes, despite how bad they are. Um, the virtual conferences to me are really hard because I'm not getting feedback right away. I'm not seeing what people are latching onto. I'm not seeing people's eyes drift or, you know, someone saying like, yes, all right, that makes a lot of sense and kind of lean into those pieces a little bit. That's, the, I think, the benefit of being a little bit more of a fluid uh, presentation. So um, to me, I've been kind of trying to reduce the amount of virtual conferences. In fact, uh, what I have been doing for most of those virtual conferences is I use a recording and then I will come on for the Q&A. So it's kind of a pain for me to just recite the same thing for 45 minutes. I would rather just have the recording kind of get through it, know it's going to nail the time and then just come on and say, hey, uh, you know, so let me answer any questions that you might have. So that's how you can get. I know this was a little bit longer, but a lot of people have asked, how do I get speaking gigs? Um, and so that is one of the ways that you can do it. Um, there are many, many other ways that you can get speaking gigs. And uh, this is kind of a common one, but like I said, please heed my warnings a little bit because, um, you know, it's very easy. You know, most conference organizers have been doing it for a long time. They're the same person. It's kind of a, honestly, it's usually like one person kind of makes a final decision on it. And so if you go and it's bad feedback, you know, it's just super easy for them to cross you off your list. Never have you back again, because there are a lot of people who, you know, is kind of their go-to reliables. And um, you want to kind of be in that box. You want to do a good job. Just be prepared and, you know, be self-aware about what your um, best qualities are. Are you a public speaker or are you not? Are, are you better off kind of working one-on-one -on -one and using other methods, you know, video, uh, online video or Facebook posts or whatever to um, pound the pavement for prospects? Or do you shine in those larger teaching environments? I mean, you know, if, if you do, then certainly lean into that. But I, I just think that a lot of people are so drawn by the allure of, hey, I did the speaking, you can put it on your resume and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, it can hurt. And I, I think that's why you'll see a lot of people who say, hey, I've spoken at this and this and this, and I've been published and I've been on these and this and these podcasts, right? Um, because once people are saying, you know, they say, hey, this person's good, they're reliable, they've got a good message, you know, they're authority, you know, they're entertaining, whatever. Uh, it's usually pretty easy to kind of leverage those and get into more. But if you do a bad job, it might kind of close the door for you too. So hopefully that helps. Um, I don't mean to make that like overly pessimistic or anything. All I'm just saying is that, you know, is that really what you want to do? And then if it is, you know, just don't shortchange yourself, don't shortchange the organizers, don't shortchange the participants with anything less than your best effort on that. All right.
Hopefully that helps. See you later.